You're listening to From the Front Lines, a special podcast from WUFT during the COVID-19 pandemic. This podcast provides weekly updates on Florida's coronavirus response with a particular focus on North Central Florida. Each week, From the Front Lines will feature community leaders and frontline workers working to reopen their communities safely during these challenging times. Hello, I'm your host, Ryan Vasquez, and this is From the Front Lines. Most of the state of Florida started to slowly reopen this week. Cities and counties, save for Miami-Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach, tackled how to balance public health with safely reopening their local economies. Governor Ron DeSantis provided some guidelines. Restaurants can offer outdoor seating and indoor service at 25% capacity, but patrons must be seated six feet apart outside. Retail businesses can open at 25% indoor capacity. However, some businesses were barred from reopening in phase one altogether. We're not going to change uh, the bars, as, and that was recommended not to change the bars. They, did rec- they said you could do the gyms in phase one. I'm going to look to see what some other states, how they've done it, what the results are. Decisions on other safety procedures and openings were left to local leaders, like reopening public pools. I'd rather open it up and see what happens. Uh, and then if the governor said we're wrong, then we're wrong. But I think that we have given leniency to other areas, and I don't see why we should not do that with pools. Or whether wearing masks should be mandatory. They deserve a degree of respect and protection that only masks will provide. Well, not only masks, but washing hands and all the other stuff, but masks are the outward sign that you respect them and care for them. And if you're not wearing one, then it's the outward sign that you don't. In this episode, we dive deeper into how local governments are dealing with people in their communities who are not happy with reopening procedures. Also, we'll hear how restaurants in North Central Florida are getting back to business. Lastly, not everyone was a part of the governor's phase one reopening plan. We hear from businesses in Broward County waiting to join the rest of the state in reopening. When Governor Ron DeSantis rolled out phase one of his plan to reopen the state, some counties and cities were thankful and some wanted more. Taylor Levesque spoke to North Central Florida city and county officials on their thoughts about the plan and how their communities are responding. Starting this week, Floridians experienced phase one of reopening the state. Restaurants and retail stores had the option to reopen with restrictions, while bars, nightclubs, gyms, hair salons, barbers, and other non-essential businesses remain closed. City and county officials around North Central Florida agree it was time for businesses in their counties to reopen. But many had mixed feelings about everything Governor Ron DeSantis had planned for phase one. In Marion County, Ocala Mayor Kent Gwynn says restaurants should be allowed a larger capacity than what they were given. I think the 25% of the restaurants is not enough. Uh, I think it should have been 50% to start off with uh, because it costs the same amount of money to turn the lights on, the rent's still the same, all those things. These restaurants have suffered. You've got people that are laid off or furlough, whatever the case may be. They need to get back to work. Gwynn also says he thinks some non-essential businesses in Marion County are safe to reopen. The hair salons, I think that they should be open. They you know, sanitize every, all the instruments they use, and a hairdresser can wear a mask. I think the gym should open. I know that you know some of the gyms here are taking a lot of precautions. Some of the people that are the most at risk are folks that are overweight, have diabetes, uh, maybe have heart conditions. So I can't think of any better time to 
you know, get back in shape and get healthy and start a exercise routine. When it comes to ensuring restaurants and retail stores are following guidelines for capacity and social distancing, Gwynn says the Ocala Police Department will not be patrolling businesses. We've got real crime is still going on. You know, all the crime has been reduced by 20 percent this past month. People are smart people. They know how to run their business, and we just need to let them do that. In Clay County, Commissioner Mike Sella says some business owners also agree that the capacity limits are not enough, but understand the circumstances. We're excited about the opportunity to welcome guests back. Of course, uh, you know, I've heard from some of them that they think that uh, perhaps it, it should be a bigger percentage. We understand that, and, and we think that will happen uh, rather quickly, that we'll be able to accelerate you know, the capacity. As for non-essential personal businesses like hair salons and barber shops, Sella hoped those businesses would be reopened for phase one as well. I was a little disappointed. I thought maybe the governor would open up for uh, some of our uh, hair salons and uh, barbershops, those kind of things, because those folks are, uh, are really hurting. Would have been nice to see them get an opportunity to do something other than just sell product uh, curbside and actually start welcoming their customers back in to give haircuts. But Sella says small steps are essential. The county is keeping a close eye on coronavirus case numbers. We're hoping that as we go through here in the next uh, 10 days to 14 days, two weeks or so, we'll see even more uh, declining numbers and that'll allow us to open up more, uh, more businesses that uh, weren't opened up here in this first phase. In Alachua County, Commissioner Mike Byerly has taken some time to speak to business owners directly on what they think about phase one. Some people think the things that the governor's recommended are the right way to go. Some people like the county commission, Alachua County Commission's tweaks to that. Some people don't. Uh, we're all getting lots of emails and phone calls and participation in our public meetings online. We're learning what we can as we go. The tweaks Byerly is referring to is about a new requirement in Alachua County. One thing that we have done that is substantially different from what the governor's recommended is the re mandatory requirement for face masks by everyone in retail establishments and restaurants, including the customers. But that is now the requirement in Alachua County. However, children six years old and younger and people who have a severe medical condition are not required to wear a mask in public. But the Alachua County Commission says if you don't fit either of those categories and are without a mask in public, anyone who violates the emergency order can receive a $120 fine. Byerly says he has heard from the public about the face mask requirement, but is doing what he thinks is right. I'm just kind of doing what I think is going to protect most people, and we all have our own opinions about that right now. In Levy County, Commission Chairman Matt Brooks released a message urging county businesses to follow the governor's plan for phase one. The message said, quote, while we completely understand the frustration of many of our local businesses, we implore you all to respect the governor's authority and follow the restrictions set forth under the current state of Florida phase one plan. We are asking that you please do not risk your business license by violating the state order. We will continue to lobby the governor's office to include Levy County businesses in future orders, end quote. As businesses reopen around the state, city and county officials are making the best decisions for their communities while monitoring coronavirus case numbers. Officials say social distancing, hand washing, and keeping your hands away from your face continue to be important habits to continue practicing.
While larger cities and counties struggle with how best to reopen, smaller counties with less resources like Bradford County cope with unique challenges of their own. Cameron Lund spoke with officials and business owners about the mix of frustration and gratitude that comes along with phase one. We are Bradford strong. We are Stark strong, Lodi strong, Hampton strong. You know, we go through our communities and uh, we look through that. Bradford County Sheriff Gordon Smith closed Saturday's Bradford County Emergency Management's COVID-19 update with a message of unity, something desperately needed in this time of division and social distancing. Bradford County, unlike Alachua County, does not have a mask requirement in public, but officials such as the sheriff say that masks are a part of one's personal responsibility. I do believe in personal responsibility. Masks are recommended or encouraged in closed spaces, in closed areas, in businesses, locations when you go out there, we're encouraging that. Uh, in open spaces, maybe not so much where you can keep your distance, you got fresh air, sunshine, those type things. As for coronavirus testing in Bradford County, according to the Florida Department of Health, Bradford County has the second highest amount of testing by residents per capita based on population in the state, only behind Miami-Dade County, which is still under quarantine procedures as per state order. Public places run by the county, such as parks and the library, will be open. The library will be at 25% capacity. Bradford County Interim Manager Rachel Roden says the library, which can be a place with internet access for those without it, is only wanting members of the community in there for up to 10 minutes at a time. When you come into the library, have an idea of what it is you want to come and check out. You know, move around, try not to congregate in any one area for a longer time, for 10 minutes or more. You know, we want to keep bodies moving, and that's the objective under our phase one. Like much of the rest of the state, business owners in Bradford County are taking to Governor Ron DeSantis' phase one of reopening with open arms and a want, or maybe even a need, for more. One of those business owners is Chrissy Allen, who owns the downtown grill in Stark. She has dealt with challenges such as staffing and seating, but she has been able to pay the bills. At 25%, her restaurant's capacity goes from 160 to 40. She says that is not sustainable. It's hard to maintain a business at 25% because what happens is when people think that everything is open, 25% is not enough to maintain a business. Allen also says that shopping local is the best way to help your community at this troubling time. You know, try to find another local restaurant that needs it the most. The mom and pop places are definitely the ones that um, you know, have been working through it the whole time. Though personal care services such as barbers and beauty salons are not deemed essential under the governor's phase one of reopening, Bradford County commissioners are looking into ways of opening up these professions. Sheriff Smith says that though these businesses are not supposed to be open, he will not arrest someone for providing for their family. There's been a lot of stuff on social media reference, small businesses uh, being threatened with being arrested, a second degree misdemeanor. Let me assure you as your sheriff, we're not going to put any of those small business people in jail on a second-degree misdemeanor for trying to feed their families, trying to stay alive and trying to survive. In Bradford County, it is safe to say that several business owners, be it essential or non-essential, but more importantly, open or closed, are just waiting for a return to normalcy before it becomes too late for their livelihoods. Some of the hardest-hit businesses in Florida under the stay-at-home order were restaurants. Many are just happy to be open again, even at a limited capacity. Josh Williams made the rounds, finding out what some locally owned restaurants are doing to ensure an enjoyable but sanitized experience. 
If there's two things the restaurants I spoke to have in common, it's being grateful to have hungry guests starting to fill seats again and an extra precaution to clean everything. In Gainesville, Grace Kakmus, the owner of 43rd Street Deli, says employees are taking no chances. We are, all of our employees are wearing masks and gloves. Anytime anybody wants condiments or uses a syrup bottle or really anything, the door the pens, literally anything you can think of, we sanitize it. Uh, both full menus are available um, at the moment, and then we are doing weekend specials. For the first week, it's sort of like a trial run to sort of see what happens, who's wanting to come out. Um, we're still having a lot of to-goes, um, and we're still doing curbside as well if they don't feel comfortable coming in the restaurant. The same goes for Northwest Grill in Gainesville, which front-end manager Vanessa Brandt points out how her restaurant is being careful. I would say, I mean, it's definitely been a transition, just like when it was when we had to close down. Um, so being able to sit at 25% capacity means that we can serve up to 40 people in our restaurant. Um, all of our staff members at all times have on gloves and have on masks. We also are sanitizing everything, you know, to the maximum amount that we possibly can. We have bottles of hand sanitizer available for guests all throughout the restaurant. So right now we're actually working with a limited menu, um, which we've joked that it is a not-so-limited limited menu. Um, essentially we have, I would say, 75 to 80% of our normal options so I would say, you know, everyone's favorites that they normally come here for are definitely available. For Gators Dockside locations in Gainesville, a whole cleaning crew was brought in to scrub the restaurant. The owner, Jerry Roberts, told me. Some of the customers are still cautious. We're being cautious as well. But um, I think that uh, people are starting to take uh, some of the next steps to get back to the new normal. And we're seeing people come out and... Uh, most are uh, happy to uh, be dining out. Uh, we put on a cleaning team that spent about 40, 50 hours just doing nothing but cleaning and making sure the restaurant was in perfect condition. So there's a couple seafood items that are not available. Unfortunately, one of the things we're not able to do yet is some of our specials, like our all-you-can-eats and stuff like that, um, just for uh, tying up tables and, and that limited capacity. So we're hoping to uh, get back to some of those things in the future, but right now we're just, we are having some limitations. I also made a call up to Lake City where I spoke with the owner of Cedar River Seafood, Curtis Fellows. He says restaurants were already using a sanitizer that kills the coronavirus, but now he's making sure it's used on everything. Yeah, I got a very large restaurant here. We're, we seat 140, so I mean, only maximum having, having a, you know, a little about around 30 people sitting down is... It's not the same as having a full dining room, but it is, it's helped my business being open 25%. I'll take what I can get at this point, you know. So I was able to still do 10 tables and keep everybody more than six feet apart and keep everybody far away from the takeout people and all that kind of stuff. But I'll be honest with you, in the food industry, I mean, we are already using a quaternary uh, sanitizer that kills the coronavirus. So, I mean, we're wiping down every table, um, wiping down, you know, every seat with a with the same uh, solution. Cedar River Seafood also has a smaller location in Gainesville, though that one will remain open for takeout only. Meanwhile, down in Ocala, restaurants tell me they are just happy to be allowed to reopen their dining rooms. Tim Thomas, the owner of Brooklyn's Backyard, says he's grateful for his understanding and generous customers. Actually, it hasn't been too bad. We um, We sort of adapted to what we needed to do and we are uh, still strong with takeout. Our, our seating inside has been a little slow. I think people are a little bit uh, reluctant to 
um, test the waters, I guess. With the CDC guidelines, we're, we're um, doing everything that they're requiring us to do. Sanitizing uh, after every uh, every customer gets up, we sanitize and give them the option, plastic silverware or regular silverware. We're, we're using one-time menus. Just about anything you can think of that you've seen on TV, we're doing it plus some. We're going a little bit overboard. And people have been very generous with their tipping on their takeout orders and and so our servers are coming back to life. Then there's Kate Matthews, the general manager of Ivy on the Square in downtown Ocala. She says she's ready to serve up some great food to the people she considers her family. This week has been wonderful. It was rather slow as we expected, but we feel very blessed to be able to open our doors again to our what we consider our family. And... Uh, we're a little busier today than we were yesterday. Everyone is so happy to be out and about and being able to visit and basically eating something other than their own food. And now we have a lot of regulars, um, and they have been craving some of our most favorite dishes. So a lot of them came in yesterday and today and actually had quite a few reservations. Of course, almost every restaurant also told me that they have had to make changes to their menus and are unable to serve everything they want. Others have also adjusted their hours to best serve peak times. If you're considering going out to eat, it's best to call in advance, see if the restaurant you want to go to is allowing any seating, how long the wait is, and if the full menu is available. Again, while much of the state slowly reopened this week, three of the counties hardest hit by coronavirus are still waiting their turn. Anthony Montalto shares a snapshot of how three businesses in Broward County are handling the staggered reopening. Walking into Ricky's Hollywood is a welcome reprieve from the noise of bustling Hollywood Boulevard, the street it's been strategically placed on since 1955. But now, customers walking into the bar and grill can hear something different once the door closes. Piped in music. They can finally hear it because there are no hungry locals eating and chatting away inside. In fact, the restaurant has been takeout only for quite some time, says owner Karen Harrington. Starting March 18th, uh, we went to takeout only. So originally it started very slowly. Um, we were almost losing money to stay open. And then after about two weeks, it started to pick up a little bit more. Ricky's, like countless other businesses in Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach counties, was excluded from Governor Ron DeSantis' reopening procedures, which allow restaurants and non-essential stores to open up at 25% capacity. little disappointed that the three counties were chosen not to at least open at 25%. Um, even though we have more cases, we also have more population. So to me, it's kind of a, a wash. But she's hopeful Ricky's will be able to open its doors for sit-down service soon. Although she says recently, the local community has rallied around the restaurant, famous for its chicken wings. In the last three weeks, takeout has been pretty, pretty strong, uh, where we're making a few dollars, not much. But I'm able to pay the people. Um, I'm able to pay some of my bills. Harrington says she's even been able to get some remodeling done. Her whole team came in last Saturday to help. I believe something good always comes from something bad. And the good was is that we did have a little money put aside and we could afford to make the renovations that we normally would have had to close to do. And Harrington isn't the only business owner renovating in preparation to reopen. Dentist Karen Gordon was touching up the walls in her office Wednesday afternoon. She says a lot needed to be done before her office reopens Monday. 
She says the American Dental Association had closed offices through May 8th, but with the governor's executive order, she wasn't sure whether she could reopen. They said we could open up, well, they didn't say we could open up May 8th, but they said they were going to slowly open Florida, uh, but then DeSantis said that, you know, Palm Beach, Broward, and Dade weren't going to open. Through the month and a half her office was closed to the public, her team kept working. Each week, they'd all come in at least once. I had my team come in and reschedule everybody for two weeks because I wasn't sure. They said May 8th, but, you know, I didn't want to just cancel everybody till May 8th. So we, we rescheduled everybody for two weeks. And then I kept coming in in the mornings, Monday through Thursday, to see emergencies. Eventually, the ADA decided to allow offices to open May 4th and the Florida government decided Gordon's office would be included, but Gordon's team had already rescheduled all appointments for the week. I understand that the people weren't clear themselves, so it was hard to give direction, but as a, a business owner, it's hard because then that's another week that, you know, we have no production, no paying bills, nothing. But even so, she says she's ready. I use universal precautions. We bumped up whatever we needed to bump up to be compliant, to be protected for us and our patients for the COVID-19. The office has added UV lights to kill viruses and bacteria in each of its air conditioning units, and now all employees will be wearing face shields in addition to the usual dentist office personal protective equipment. We use the time wisely. You know, we're trying to make sure, you know, everything is as clean as possible. I mean, we always were into cleanliness and infection control, but there's, nothing, there's always room for improvement. Gordon says some colleagues of hers have even gone as far as buying see-through barriers for the front desk and exam chairs. But she doesn't want to go that route. That's why she has the face shields. Maybe I'll do that eventually, but, you know, I still like to have a welcoming environment. Not that you can't, but if, if Lee at my front desk has a face mask and a shield, I think that's enough of a barrier with, you know, greeting a patient. And while Gordon is setting up to reopen, Al's florist is prepping for one of its biggest days of the year, Mother's Day. Al's vice president, Nick Rotuno, says at first he was cutting hours for most of his employees. Now business is good, even though customers can't physically walk into his store. Mother's Day is generally one of our busiest weeks of the year. So it's changed that a little bit in the sense that, like, you know, we're, I looked last year and we had, I don't remember the exact number, it was like a, on the last three days of the of the week, we had like 150 people that walked in our doors and took something with them. He says he thinks Al's delivery option has taken off and helped recover lots of lost revenue. And as for his employees? We're back to everybody who's working there and pretty much there are normal hours close to it. And back at Ricky's, Harrington is finally able to pay her whole staff again, thanks to some aid from the government. And now I can pay my staff for the next eight weeks. Um, all their money hourly and including their tips and the kitchen and everybody can come off unemployment. I had about seven people on unemployment. She says while she hopes she can open her doors again soon, her regulars can find comfort in the fact that next week, Ricky's will begin offering its weekly lobster special again. Although for now, they'll have to take it to go. From the Front Lines is a production of the Innovation News Center at the College of Journalism and Communications at the University of Florida. Thank you to our producers, Taylor Levesque, Daniela Mora, Anthony Montalto, Josh Williams, Melissa Fato, and Cameron Lund. Also, thanks to our fellow Florida public media stations for their contributions to this podcast. And a special thank you to Matt Abramson and Craig Lee for their work behind the scenes. 
We'd love to hear from you, so if you have a story to share with From the Front Lines, please contact WUFT on Facebook or Twitter, or send an email to news at WUFT.org. That's news at WUFT.org. Join us next Friday for another edition of From the Front Lines. I'm your host, Ryan Vasquez, and of course, thanks for listening.